Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is part two of our roundup for the year 2022. In last week's post and podcast, Michael and I presented part one of our year's roundup for 2022. And if part one made you feel a little like a child who has a birthday close to Christmas and gets one half of a present on his birthday while having to wait until Christmas to get the second half, well, Michael and I both know how that feels. Michael, you and I both have our birthdays just a few days before Christmas. Do you have any memories of split presents? Not necessarily split presents, but almost ignored birthdays because it sort of occurs and it gets washed over as you come towards Christmas. But it's a nice gateway. That's certainly how I, I see my birthday. But I, I, I certainly remember the split present. I, I mean, one year, a, a well-meaning but misguided aunt gave me a chess set for my birthday. And I had to wait until Christmas Day for the board. I spent six days learning how to play chess on the squared lino in our kitchen back in the northeast. Anyway, during the course of this year, we've had around 1,000 green reports of one kind or another across the Green Edge desk. And every month, Michael has whittled out a few for his reports roundup. And Michael, part two of our roundup is your pick of this year's reports. Perhaps you'd like to start by telling us your criteria for making your top selections. Well, obviously, there's a personal set of criteria here, things I have got a natural inclination to go towards. But if you took the common theme of the nine we've listed, we probably will add a tenth, is uh, around filling gaps around what we don't know and invariably using granular data to come to those conclusions. And I see it as something which has contributed, therefore, to a state of knowledge, but also a state of understanding and process, and therefore helped highlight an issue which is contemporary, but also will continue into the future. So it's quite an eclectic mix we've chosen, from LSIPs through to reports on heat pumps, green skills, Um, the status of the sustainability profession, things which are really important, but have gone beneath the surface and haven't come out with bland statements. They've got real data at a granular level that actually helps you understand what's going on. And that's why I've chosen the nine we've got listed currently. They said we might add a ninth or a tenth during the week. It has been a case of sorting out the wheat from the chaff sometimes, hasn't it? There's a lot of words written around green skills and employment but they tend to be very derivative and a bit too generalized to be actually helpful to derive action and policy. And we're particularly interested in those which actually derive findings and then that lead to actions that will actually do something positive to hit net zero. And that's where we try to focus. Yeah. Now, when you originally put uh, this week's post together, you had nine reports on your list. Uh, but you said at the time that there was a Johnny come lately. You may be adding to that list. Yes. The Green Jobs Barometer is a report produced by PwC that looks across the whole of the United Kingdom. And then then it breaks down by nation and region and looks at the number of green jobs. They use their own definitions, which they openly declare, and the methodology uh, using openly available data and usual job postings data to look at the rate of change. And it's just a useful snapshot of what has been done during the past year. And I think it's great that they have chosen to continue to produce it, whereas others have done one-off reports. We've seen various pieces done for the local government association, one-off piece of report. We had a lovely piece of work done for Lloyds Bank by a group of economists at Oxford, 
and that was a one-off piece of work and not updated. The PwC is useful because it's an annual piece, and I hope they continue doing so. Um, though I have a sneaking suspicion with the developments at ONS, we will have data available on an ongoing basis and therefore will subsume the type of work the PwC has been doing. And we commented on the work that ONS is doing uh, in last week's post. Yes. Now, we won't go through the list one by one, but instead let me do my usual thing by telling you that you can find Michael's Pick of the Year's reports on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google, and Amazon. Now, Michael, one thing you did write about in your end-of-year reports roundup was the organizations we go back to time and time again for Green Skills Insights. You mentioned, and let me list these, the Rocky Mountain Institute, Nesta, Lightcast, which is the new name for Burning Glass and Emsi, the Data City, Rand Europe, the Warwick Institute for Employment Research, IER, the Resolution Foundation, the Institute for Employment Studies, that's IES, down in Brighton, the Climate Change Committee, McKinsey and Bloomberg NEF. Why do you feel these are particularly worth mentioning? They all delve deeply into the issue and therefore they're never superficial in what they produce. They are driven by data and I think they're driven by very high internal standards. And so it ends up anything they produce will be useful. The one I would add to the list you've gone through, in fact, is LinkedIn with its use of own internal data as well because it actually provides an insight to some of the things that are actually happening as jobs start to change because of the greening of the economy. And they all stand that test. They all contribute different things. For example, Bloomberg NEF, New Energy Finance, rarely mentions skills, rarely mentions employment, though it does occasionally. But what it does do is highlight how technologies are starting to take place and displace emissions. And therefore, you're interested in the uptake of those technologies that drive skills, because everything you see change in front of you around the green economy requires a pair of hands and a brain to make it happen. And I find Bloomberg and McKinsey as well do brilliant work on that sort of things like that. And the other thing with Bloomberg and McKinsey, they are global. And so you're getting a perspective way outside the UK, and that allows you to have a perspective on, are we actually making progress against what is actually possible? against the similar timeframes and constraints that are operating in other countries. And they give you an insight into that. And I know that uh, the Climate Change Committee is, is one of your big sources. You look at them a lot, don't you? They've got a great framework. They're very solid. Uh, they've got a great schedule of publications. And they are increasingly turning their head to one of the key barriers, which is skills in relation to the green economy which is great news for those interested in skills and employment. And hopefully we'll see increasing amounts of their work on that during 2023. Now, we've also had some good conversations during the year with a range of people across the green world. Michael, one or two of your highlights? Well, I'd pick out Kevin Holland from the Solar Shed, where we were learning about not just solar panels, which the name suggests where his shed is, but also around the whole nature of retrofit and making your home net zero. Uh, not only is Kevin incredibly well-informed, he's an amazingly entertaining and very instructive. Also pick out Susan Skirlock of Primary Engineer. We spoke to Susan because we saw real parallels with what she's achieving at primary and secondary school for engineering around the green economy and sustainability. Again, hugely well-informed, great track record, making great progress, and in particular in Scotland. A third person I'd choose and pick out would be Rebecca Turner from IEMA. 
around their green skills hub, which we contributed to. And she gave us an insight to where this fits into the whole chartered nature of a career in the green economy. I think that was very useful. And a final couple I would throw in. One would be Martin Seekert from Imperial College around their greening of the MBA. And now he's down in Exeter, so it'll be interesting to see what he does down there. And finally, we had a very good discussion around systems thinking with the Open University and John Moore's University and the integral nature where systems thinking needs to be part of people's general capability skill set. And I think from my side, I would throw in Jerry Clark uh, of Portsmouth International Port, who's been combining his job as a pilot for the last 20 or so years with being the port's uh, sustainability champion. And he now has a sustainability officer on board to help him with that. Now, another thing we speculated about in last week's post was whether we would see anything from the Skidmore review of net zero before Christmas. Has this happened? It hasn't, but it's not surprising. Chris Skidmore has been a very, very busy man, and he had his last open session gathering data on December the 7th. He's now had 52 open sessions involving over a 1,000 organisations. In addition to that, he's had over 1,800 submissions So you put that together, there's a lot of work to be done over Christmas. So I sincerely hope early in the new year we see uh, Chris's output. And one of the beauties of people making their submissions, quite often they make them public. And what's been good to pick inside a few of them is they do mention skills quite strongly. So hopefully in Chris's final report, skills get a very high mention. We look forward to that. Certainly do. Well, that was 2022, and it just remains for me to wish all our readers, listeners and subscribers our very best wishes for the Christmas season. We're taking a short break now until after the new year. Our next post on The Green Edge will be on Thursday, the 5th of January, with our next podcast episode on Friday, the 6th. And Michael, my very best wishes to you also. It's been a pleasure working with you this year, and I look forward to what we might turn up in 2023. Many thanks, Fraser, and to yourself as well. I think 2023 is going to be quite an exciting year for Green Skills. I think we should see some real traction and real progress, and there are the seeds of those things happening. The key will be is continuity and funding. Thank you, Michael. And a final happy Christmas from the Green Edge. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights, 